Hi, guys. Welcome to this episode of The Trainer Feed. We are your hosts. I am Angel Sanchez. We have David Bravo. Hello. And we have Jacques Delajure. What's going on, everybody? So today's guest is Ms. Shatira Hillier. But before we bring her on, just want to ask the guys, how are you guys doing? Okay, I have a little bit of a headache. I ain't getting enough sleep last night. Yeah, my sleep has been trash this week as well. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, right for the weekend. Oh, I'm watching Mortal Kombat, the new movie. Mm. Oh, so good. far, so far, the action and the fight scenes are great. The acting is shit, except for like one character. And I'll let, and if you guys watch it, you guys will probably know who I'm talking about. But there's only one character. Sub Zero. I, I mean, they just say like three words. I mean, so. <laughs> No, but it's no, suck, suck. No, no, what's crazy though is it, in the beginning of the movie, it kind of gives you a little background about you know those characters. Pretty cool. But uh, yeah, no, you, you'll find out who's the better actor. I think the acting is complete shit though, but the scenes are pretty cool. How are you, Angel? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready, and I'm excited to talk to Shatera. So if you guys haven't met or follow Shatira on Instagram. She is a personal trainer working out of the DC area. Uh, she's worked with us together at 76th street. Um, shortly before, you know, she left, you know, we were able to like see her grow from being, uh, you know, starting up her training business to being the fitness professional that she is right now. So very excited to have her on and let's welcome Ms. Shatira Hillier. Oh, Shit. Hey, Shatera. Shatera. Hey, what's up? What's good? <laughs> Hold on, let me turn this up because I can barely. Okay. Okay. Can you hear us better now? It'll be good now, hopefully. Cool. <laughs> awesome. So, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. I actually just got back in from um, seeing some clients. So, I'm just relaxing, you know, all that good stuff. How are y'all? How y'all doing? We're good. Pretty good. Yeah. Chilling. <laughs> We're making it. We're making it through. Oh, hello. We got David blushing. David's blushing. Oh, the color of his hoodie right now. Shatera, what do you feel about almost being a state? Say it again. Almost being a state. Wait, I don't know what's going on with my um head. Oh shit! Wait, can you guys hear me? Am I- yeah, I can. Yeah, okay. I can hear you. Okay, it's it's me. Sorry, I, I gotta take these out. Oh well. Okay. <laughs> there we go. That sounds clearer as well, actually. Yeah, it sounds much better. Right. Um, no, I was asking, how does it feel to almost be a state? Um, excuse you. Don't disrespect us. Okay. <laughs> don't disrespect us. No, we are wait. On our way. We are I'm, on I'm, our way. I'm serious. I'm. How does it feel? It's it, it, it's pre, it's a pretty big deal. You'd be the 51st it, state. It is. It is. I mean, you know, words. Honestly, words really can't express. For me personally, I don't think it's gonna change much um, yeah. about like how I feel. Obviously, some things like you know legally and lawfully will be changing, but. I mean, things will be, things will feel the same for me for the most yeah. part. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's cool. That's a, it's a big deal. We'll see what the steps are ahead. I think it takes a while, right? Like it takes like there's talks and then there's just like more talks and talks on top of that. It has to get passed yeah. through the Senate now. It was passed through House. Yeah. So that, that's a whole nother process. It's just good that like the, the ball is getting rolling with it and everything. So I'm just, I'm just happy about that. <laughs> Cool. cool. Awesome. Um, so let's start off with just introing yourself and your personal training business. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So again, my name is Shatara Hillier and I teach women how to basically tune out diet culture noise and create routines that work specifically for them. So my business offers three different services. I work with people one-on-one, and I'm also coming up with a different program that's going to offer a more holistic um, approach to the you know regular personal training and also a community for support. So that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, we've been learning a lot from a lot of our guests about trying to move away from the diet culture and even people talking down about themselves, right? Saying things like I'm fat 
right? It's like, you know, you're not fat. You might have adipose tissue on your body and it might be more than what you like right now, but that's something that's going to change. But, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's an uphill battle as fitness professionals. I'm sure you've heard so many things. Yeah, absolutely. Especially um, being that I work mainly with women and, um, you know, the, the language and the diet and the um, verbiage that's used towards women in our society and how we're supposed to look and what we're supposed to do to get that ideal look is definitely something that I um, deal with and encounter with many of my clients um, and also with myself. I mean, I am not, you know, absent of having days where I feel like, oh, I feel this way. Oh, I shouldn't feel that way. You know, having to kind of talk myself down and out of that way of thinking. So it's definitely a challenge for sure. Uh, and I, I can attest to that as well. I feel like we need to start from our, like our own point of view. And if we're able to help ourselves then we're able to help our clients a little bit more. Um, but I did want to ask you about your niche. So finding this niche where you're working with women uh, right now in the DC area, I'm sure you're doing online services as well. You know, yep. uh, how did you find your niche? How did you find that? And um, how did you adapt it to today's kind of like day and age? Yeah. So um, honestly, I kind of started with myself. Um, I'm the oldest of three girls. Um, and I'm also the one who has the most curves and the most, you know, everything else. My sisters are very small. They take so they take more so after my father's side. So growing up, it was definitely always a comparison game for me. Like, okay, when am I gonna start looking like this? When am I gonna start looking like looking like my younger sisters? And when it kind of never came to me. Um, or came for me, I guess, it was more so like, okay, well, what can, what can you do right now to make yourself feel good? Because this might never happen for you. Um, and so also just have working with women in my family as well. I have other women in my family who also dealt with the same pressures of, I need to look this way because I see my other family members looking this way, or I see other women who look like me, but look this way. So working with myself and then working with my family members helped me to kind of hone in on my niche. And it's exciting because when you see women have that breakthrough and really start to love themselves internally, and it starts to you know reflect externally, it's such a beautiful thing. Like my clients are my biggest inspirations when it comes to that. So it's always super, super exciting. Um, I would say as far as like in today's culture, uh, you know, we're still in COVID. We're not post COVID yet. So when things, uh, when things shut down, I think it was last March, I had just moved back home to DC. Um, I was getting ready to start a new job in a new position. And not only was that put on hold because of everything happening, but I was uh, quickly forced to kind of pivot online and rely solely on technology. So that presented its own set of challenges. Um, and at the time, I wasn't like fully, truly an entrepreneur yet. Um, so I wasn't responsible for all the things that the gym took care of, um, like when I worked at Equinox, so collecting payments, um, comp creating contracts and making sales. I found that I actually became a better coach because of COVID, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to somehow deliver the same experience through a Zoom screen that I had delivered in person. And that included like making sure that my background wasn't too cluttered, that it felt warm, that it felt welcoming. I even started demoing a little bit more just so that people would feel better about me staring at them through a screen and you know, <laughs> saying, do this and verbal cues and stuff like that. So um, by the grace of God, you know, one of some of my clients came that I had here in DC, they pivoted with me. Also, some of my clients in New York decided, hey, let's reach out to Shatera. We're doing virtual. And nice. um, yeah, that's and big. That's yeah. And I really just got got the chance to take advantage of social media um, and people. I started getting clients from there. So when that started happening for me, I was like, whoa, this actually works. You know I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think, yeah, I think the tools were always there, but sometimes it's we get put in a position where you can't do anything else but pivot or you can't do anything else but move yeah. um and then that helps you start something or continue the practices that you've already had you're just going to utilize it in a more effective manner so that way you can like pump out like a good business pump out like a good product have your clients respond to it be yeah. open to feedback um but it's cool that it, it's it's cool for me to see i'm sure these guys can attest to it as well you just you know 
growing your business and I see you're doing your thing on Instagram as well. And I see the difference in the videos and the photos that you've been making, also the language that you've been using in your posts. I've seen that grow from, um, you know, pretty much where we started at 76 to where you're at now. And it's been, um, it's been really cool to watch. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely a learning experience. Um, you get better as you go. I think the hardest part, just like with anything, um, is just getting started. So once, once I started doing it, like making my little fumbles and little mistakes and stuff like that, I just kept going and it gets easier. I still make mistakes, you know, tis life, but it's definitely a lot easier now. So. Yeah. I remember somebody said, don't, I'm going to mess up the quote, but it's something along the lines of like, don't strive for perfection, just do or something mm -hmm. along that line. Right. Like I, I'm butchering it, but um, imperfect, something like that. There you go. Right. So <laughs> getting, getting your feet on the ground, just moving and then just following the process and starting to work on your craft. And it's going, it's not going to be perfect at first, but you might never get perfect. Right. You're always going to find flaws. You're always going to find areas of opportunity and you're just going to consistently keep doing your thing. And then people will follow you as well because people are, you know, people are people as well. Yeah. You, you kind of forget that. Yeah. I think it's funny that you say that I was watching one of my favorite adult cartoons is Family Guy. And I was watching one of their very first episodes where like the, the drawing looked just like something on a piece of paper. Compared it's so to different on me, you know. <laughs> Yes, yeah. it looks so different. And like when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a clear example of like, you know, just starting where you are. And then as you continue to grow, you get better, things change. And like, it's South it's, Park is kind of like that too. Yeah, yeah. You watch South Park, <laughs> first season is complete garbage. I mean, it looks like it. It looks like, I mean, <laughs> I think the content is great, but it's just, you know, like you said, something very sketched out, mm -hmm. nothing crazy. And then later on in the season, it looks so good i mean it, it, the current seasons look amazing yeah yeah, yeah. um i wanted to ask you, you mentioned earlier about helping women break the stigma surrounding weightlifting and, and you know body image awareness how do you do that like how, how do you go about trying to educate your clients do you, do you have certain resources you go to do you have books that you give them to read or or, or do you just talk out of pure experience um i think for me it's probably a mixture of both um mm -hmm. I usually tell my story just because um, at that point I've developed, you know, a certain rapport with them so they can relate to a certain extent, some of them. Um, I tell my story of starting weightlifting at 14 years old um, and now I'm being in my early 30s and, you know, the changes that I've seen. Um, and I also tell them like just the benefits of strength training in that if they just get started, give me two to three months and they'll feel a difference. Um, I also do provide like different articles that I may find online for them and email that to them. But just any type of like free resource that I can give to them, I send it over and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, that's great. I think it, it's really, I think it's our job always to give out those resources and try to facilitate a lot of that knowledge to, to them because uh, the biggest thing is people don't know where to get info from at right. times. I mean, they could Google something, but when you Google something, you're going to get the ads first and the ads always say, hey, lose 50 pounds yep. in a week, yep. you know, something, something like that. And they're like, oh, that sounds you know, I need to do that. And I want to do it in a week, but when we all really know that it's complete, you know, it's a complete lie. Exactly. It's all fabricated to try to make money, you yeah. know, the more glamorous, the more glamorous options. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, it gets, it gets hard, especially as a trainer, because you have people coming in and they're like, Hey, how, um, how do I lose 50 pounds in a week mm -hmm. yeah. or something like that? Right. And we, we had AG here. We always bring this up where his client wanted to lose. How much was it like in two, in two weeks? you want to lose like 30 pounds yeah it was something like that something like that because his birthday was coming up or something and then the thing AG was like no like, well, not he, he said can you make me rich in two weeks and he yeah. was like yeah. no there you go and then yeah. physical like, wealth so then he can't do it physical wealth and financial wealth he said how long did it take you to become this wealthy mm -hmm. and he said years and he's like well my body has taken me years to be uh physically this wealthy so yeah. he used that analogy and it was a good way of like the it's guy like, realized in two weeks, like, I can't make that much money in two weeks like, or can't shit, shit. gain that much ground in two weeks of the financial terms. So I, I do want to say that um, I was very impressed. At, I took a look at your Instagram and I saw that you had um, speaking to like research and things like that. Like you also have your for, um, like your blog that you put up mm -hmm. and you create resources, uh, create resources that you can give to your clients as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's Thank good. You. 
Thank you. That's good. Yeah. I think it's, it's good to have that. For sure. Especially because like, I mean, I'm really big on like women in the industry and women like myself who look like me, you don't see a lot of us, right? Women of color. So I think it's really important to make our faces known and make our presence known because a lot of times, you know, people will relate to something or someone that looks like them. So however mm -hmm. I can inspire, especially little girls who started out like me, realizing at six, seven years old, oh, I look different and society says I should look this way. If they can see someone who looks like them, that's telling them, no, actually you don't, you're fine the way you are, focus on this instead of this, then, you know, can set the next generation of little girls and women up for success. So that's super, super important to me. You said, um, you said you started weightlifting at what, 14? Mm -hmm. What was your, what was your background in terms of, you know, how did you start out <laughs> with your routine? Did you play sports in school or anything like that? How, how was it? No. So I'm not an athlete at all, or not <laughs> an athlete at all. I didn't really play any sports. I played like a little bit of basketball in ninth grade and was like, nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I was going to play soccer and I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, so yeah, not, not your conviction. Soccer's athlete. great though. What are you talking about? <laughs> it is great. I think it's Soccer fun. It's amazing. fun to watch. Yeah. But when it came to that versus, you know, performing, singing and dancing, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna go that way. So yeah. I guess in a sense, I'm, I'm not the conventional athlete, but I actually started out in my high school. You had an option of uh, like regular PE or you could do weightlifting. And I was like, you know what? I've done PE my entire life. So I'm gonna go ahead and try this weightlifting. Didn't know that I would be weightlifting with maybe three other people, one other female and two other guys in the uh, football players gym. So I'm this, you know, little girl, little 14 year old girl in the gym with my gym teacher and all these football players lifting this weight. Um, and that's how it started for me. And I think that is why when I go to the gym now, even if it's a brand new gym, I don't have what a lot of my clients feel as um, like the embarrassment or the fear of going out on the gym floor. I've Intimidated. Never, yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't feel that. Um, and I think it stemmed from me being 14 years old and being thrown in a lot. That's of big. That's crazy. Like, that's that's a trial by fire. Yeah. It's <laughs> exactly. like you throw you into the lines then. And it's kind of like with. <laughs> With what's going on, you know, recently, it's like the the experience you've had at 14 years old in the weightlifting gym with high school football playing dudes. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how do you think the uh, the the environment has changed since then? Like, yeah, I, I don't know if you've worked with many. I mean, I've, I think when I've worked with a lot of guys, I've seen you work with them. How how has it changed in terms of what you've probably heard from these high school football players in terms of, oh, we have a girl here at the gym. And then into having a female, you know, uh, train them, basically training a guy. Yeah. So I would definitely say it's changed in the sense of, at least in my experience, it's, it's changed in the sense of I am seeing more guys bring females out on the floor with them, be it their sister, a friend, a girlfriend, a wife, whatever it may be. I saw a lot more of that while I was at Equinox and even at gyms um, that I worked at prior to Equinox. I think the culture has also changed. There are still some things that are annoying when it comes to being a female working out in a gym, especially by yourself. But um, I think that there are a lot of things that have changed in regard to females being out on the gym floor, not just being on the cardio machines or mm -hmm. in the back using the, um, you know, the weightlifting machines. You're seeing a lot more females who are on the floor um, lifting dumbbells, lifting external weight, um, just out there by themselves or with other people. And I think that the environment, again, at least in my experience, has been a lot more welcoming when it comes to men seeing women on the floor just women and men being on the floor together if angel go ahead no i was gonna ask this is probably a deeper question than it you know i just you you made me think about things in a different lens so i figured i'd throw it out there and if we can't figure out an answer here right now that's all good mm -hmm. um but how do you feel with your experience in mind right only your experience how do you feel guys like us can help um, kind of create a safe space for women in the gym? Hmm. That's a really good question. I huh? get these deep questions for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I think, you, know I, I've, I've, you know, that's a great question. I've had, you know, I've had thoughts of like, well, we don't want to come off as wanting to give, you know, bad advice. Definitely. Or, you know, being the guys that Definitely. are like telling the, telling women, oh, this is how you have to do it. So, I mean, or it, Angel's question. You know. Yeah, or even like that's the thing. Uh, sorry, somebody's ringing me. Oh, they got shit. the wrong doorbell. Oh shit! It rings like ten <laughs> times. I'm gonna mute myself. So go ahead, <laughs> answer David's question. 
Um, Dangerous question, basically. If okay, if I try to put myself in a man's shoes, what would I what would I want if I were working like with a male trainer and I wanted him to make me feel more comfortable in the gym? I think that I would want him to not treat me like this, like faint little, oh, she can't lift this, so pass her the five pound weights. Um, I think that making sure that you as a man don't underestimate what a woman can do. Everybody's different, right? There are some females who can lift 350 pounds. There are some females who can only lift 10 or 15. Everyone's going to be different in their journey. And I think just making that clear and being transparent about, um, you know, what you want to do or where you're trying to go as far as like, okay, listen, I know your goal is to gain 10 pounds of body of muscle. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So we're going to start here. And then obviously this is trial and error, right? Like, you won't know until you know. Um, so just making sure that the female, the female client knows like, okay, he doesn't think that I'm, because I'm a female, I can't do this. And if she offers or if she says, hey, can I try the barbell? Not making it seem like, oh, no, 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 that's not for you. Or you're not ready for that yet. Obviously, if you know that this person isn't ready for it, you know this person isn't ready for it, but not automatically shutting this person down. Um, maybe, maybe offering a different alternative to what they want to do that maybe they're not yet ready for I mean y'all are pros y'all know this um but when it comes to females I think just making sure that at the end of the day she feels heard and that she feels successful at the end of her session not like okay he treated me like a female like I can't do this so Mm. I was only there for a part but I think I got a gist of what you were saying and I wanted to say that it's even if we're pros right quote using air quotes here but even if we're pros being mindful of the language becomes so important because I might say to a client, like regardless of male or female, I might say, you know, um, they might lift it up and they might say, Oh, uh, Oh, I want to try this weight. Maybe I'm not ready for that. And then I'll be like, yeah, maybe not. You're, you might not be ready for that. And that can be one of those things that just indirectly leads them towards a path that's that has more negative connotations as opposed to being more inviting so that that's really helpful so that way like I'm processing it a little bit differently and I always take like these awkward pauses whenever I'm training clients and they say something I always try to be PC Um, so it might take a like one more second for me to process what they're saying but it's helpful I think in the long run to take that second before you just snap back to a reply and then it ends up shutting a door or making them feel less confident or making them feel like I'm not approachable or I'm not available for help I'm here to kind of like keep them in their box which you know that's not fair to them yeah yeah and I think also it just it continues the the stigma that females can't do a b c and d in the gym or this is a female exercise versus mm. this is a male exercise that's why I hate them damn um bars what is it the 45 pound bar and then the women's bar it's like no the women's 15 it's, kilo bar yeah it's like <laughs> no women's bar it's a, bar, a smaller you know yeah. you could be a lighter like, bar why not just bar. call it a lighter bar yeah I think that that just I don't know the terminology unfortunately hasn't been changed since wherever York barbell came up with these two types of barbells but yeah Yeah. no it's right I have clients that they know they know of both barbells I tell them okay we have the 20 kilo and then the 15 kilo that's Mm -hmm. how I refer to it Mm -hmm. and I say hey the the 15 is a smaller diameter just in case you have small hands or whatever but you know I there are times where I one is being used like let's say we usually use the 15k bar and then it's being used i'm like shit all right fuck it we got the 20 and they're like oh my god this is heavier so no it's not you you're you know you're still strong it's just your grip is really being taxed because it's yeah. a bigger <laughs> bar but yeah. no but back back to what you answered when you answered angel's question i think a lot of it comes down to also treating the the your your, your woman client as equal to like guys i mean you just think think about how you'll be treating a guy if he's the one wanting to lift more weight and you tell him well you're not ready for it yet right. because i think for guys it's so much easier to tell their male clients hey you're not ready for this yet or or we'll get there rather than telling it to to someone else it's like well you have to be a little more careful how you say because you don't want to discourage them from ever coming back right you know and right. i think it's a it's good that you've been you've had exposure to both because i think now with with however especially with virtual training now it's so it's kind of like okay this is kind of a new ballpark new new era of training how have you adapted to it like what you said it became it it made you a better coach mm-hmm. in in what way 
So my verbal cues have definitely yeah. a lot better because obviously I can't use my I can't use my hands and say, hey, squeeze here. And I want you to feel it here, right? Um, my verbal cues have definitely been upgraded for sure. <laughs> um, I think also just learning different ways to make people feel comfortable, especially mm. newbies to uh, fitness, to their fitness journeys, right? Mm. Um, I have, I want to say two or three brand new, straight out the gate, have never touched anything more than a 10 pound weight clients. And when I ask them, you know, via Zoom, hey, go ahead and grab that 20 pound weight. It's, there's always some hesitation. There's always some, a little bit of pushback at times, but talking them through it, learning how to, um, you know, sympathize a little bit more. Because again, I come from a background where I was just thrown into a football gym and said, hey, there you go. So learning how to sympathize with them. I always more. get the look. <laughs> I, I recently had a client and said, all right, go grab the 20 pound. And they're like. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm just looking, nodding my head. Yep, go get them damn 20s. Go get the damn 20s. They're like, yeah, okay. it's like conveying that energy. Like, girl, you got this. Like, it's nothing. Yeah. This is cake. You got it. Cool. I wanted to, um, when you spoke earlier about being introduced to lifting a 14 year old, I had a, this is a a scenario I was already thinking of asking prior to learning about that, but if you could not redo everything, but if you could tell your younger self at 14, what starting or what your journey in the training industry, let me, let me actually, let me phrase it differently. So if you could tell your 14 yourself, going into training anything, what would you tell yourself? I could tell my 14-year-old self going into training anything, what would I tell her? Yeah. I would tell her to start where you are and enjoy the journey on the way. Because at the time, at 14 years old, I went in with, okay, this is going to make me look like my my smaller sisters. I had, mm. like, I had a goal of, okay, you're going to lose this weight and you're going to look like your sisters and you know, I'm a female and I'm, I'm a heterosexual female. And I'm like, and the boys are going to want you now. And da, da. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would change my mindset to start with where you are and go from there. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't know what I didn't know was that I, my confidence was going to blow through the roof. Mm. I didn't know that I was going to, that the confidence that I built in fitness was going to transfer to all other aspects of my life. Like, my performance game leveled up. Um, my confidence when I finally did start getting dates leveled up. <laughs> um, oh, I, yeah. I was more confident with just every aspect of my life. I didn't know that that would happen at 14 years old. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely tell my younger self to, you know, reprioritize some things, but just start where I am. Don't necessarily have a specific goal in mind, or at least if it's going to be a specific goal, let it not be so vanity metric Mm, that's how i think it's and so you touched on a really interesting point as well wanting to be like your sisters but is it it, based on what you're saying everyone's very different genetically and you're saying that was part of that thought process back then was wanting to be similar is that what you're touching on yep i wanted so um again i'm the oldest of three girls my first sister we and her are born in the same year but we look totally different and then my youngest sister i think a couple of you may have seen her when i was at equinox she would come in she's like this big diamond <laughs> is that her name no diamond, yep. yeah diamond. okay diamond that's, that's my youngest sister yeah i remember and, you were training her a couple of times yeah yeah um and so with them being smaller again taking from my dad's side um I always just wanted to be like, okay, I want to look like them. They don't have mm. to worry about, you know, not eating after 8 p.m. or um, not eating everything, you know. Um, and they also just did, they were more active than I was. So I, I also figured, okay, well, if I, if I do this and I'll look like them. So the vanity metric um, goal was, was the thing for me at 14 years old, which is why I chose uh, strength training over PE. Also, just because I didn't feel like doing PE, if I'm gonna be honest, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It was so when I, in high school. In high school, we also had that option. If you played a varsity sport, you didn't have to do gym class. You could just go <laughs> into the weight room, or you could just chill. And I, I, I played. I played a sport. I played lacrosse like junior and senior year. And after that, I never ever fucking went back to PE class. But no, no you're right. 100. percent It's like no, I'm not doing this. Let me go yeah. do. Let me go do the cleans and the snatches and the squat that my my coach is making a zoo, which looking back and it was kind of like, oh boy, I'm lucky I haven't I hurt my back at that point. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely like that was definitely the goal at 14 years old. But again, you don't know what you don't know until you learn it. And I learned it. 
that's that's yeah you could you, you it's common that we can look at something but, oh, if only i thought differently if i did this differently but you learn and that's a really big uh piece of advice i think for teenagers i don't know if we have any teenage listeners but and it's so much easier to say it when we're in our 20s and our 30s that oh like be patient but it's mm-hmm. that that mental development hasn't completely finished as a teenager anyway and it's isn't it crazy when you think about the comparisons or the thought processes and it, how much healthier our mental psyche would be if we stop those comparisons. I know it's a little bit of human nature, but those comparisons or like competitiveness with certain things, it can get, it can eat away and more often than not be detrimental to our mental health. So I think it sounds as though you really picked it up and have over, over time, like kind of found your way, found your groove and yeah. it's, it's, it's very interesting. You said you're very different to your sisters because I told these guys and the eldest of siblings, I'm the eldest of, of four boys and no one, Angel thinks we walk the same, but I'm not listening to that. Uh, none of us really, <laughs> none of us really look the same oh either. God. And it's funny because I'd say two of my brother, the middle two were always like that as well, always mm-hmm. sticked in. And I was never like that. So I can relate somewhat to Oh, how come they're a different shape and that can, mm-hmm. that can go on. But um, how long has it been since you moved out of New York city? I can't remember. So I left winter of 2019, right before my wow. birthday. Wow. So right a few, before. like six months before COVID, I guess. Yep. So yeah. we went on quarantine here. I remember it was March 15th, 2020. Mm. I have moved back three months prior. So it was three months of me being home and then boom. How much, better is, how much better is New York? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so, my youngest sister, the one who lived up there as well, she is also here. Well, actually, she was here for a year, and then she moved to North Carolina. She recently moved to North Carolina. Oh, and wow. um, there are things that we say, we're like, this New York, this is triggering. This is triggering. <laughs> oh, my God. And there are other times where we're like, oh, yeah. New York. <laughs> so, it's like a, it's a, sometimes I miss it, sometimes I don't. But I will be coming up in September because, um, Diana, she and Keith may be going on vacation and they were like, we need someone to watch the cast. I was like, oh, shit. Oh. All right. Perfect. So, yeah, I'll get to, you know, hopefully every, I mean, I, I highly doubt everything will be back to normal by September. Who knows? Yeah. But I'm Probably excited. <laughs> hopefully, mostly hopefully I, I'm, I have a concert in september that i'm hoping yeah me too to really? what are you what <laughs> are you guys gonna see i'm gonna go see the greatest rock band ever pearl, pearl jam. jam hell yeah <laughs> one of my clients hooked it up almost started crying she like texted oh. me at like one in the morning she's like david i got you i'm like she's like you up it was great she just sent me a picture of the tickets i'm like oh shit it's oh, happening my- oh it's a date nice that's awesome <laughs> Uh, what are you gonna see, Angel? Do you gonna see Pearl Jam too? Uh, no, oh, I'm gonna see. World, man. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they will. Nah, um, I'm gonna see uh, Joe Rogan. Actually, it was gonna see. Oh, it was awesome. rescheduled from 2019 at Madison Square Garden, or no, 2020, 2020. Oh, say. Um, oh, so we'll see. But that's in October. So they rescheduled it to October, and they're holding firm on that. So we'll see what ends up happening. That's exciting. So, that's cool. Yeah. I think things will be a little bit more open when, uh, Shatera, when you stop by. I think it'll be pretty good. How are things over by you, though? Like, is, is how, how are the lockdowns or limitations? Um, it's slowly, things are slowly starting to open up. Um, you know, this, this area is a blue, blue area. Thank God. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, we are, we're definitely taking our time. And I'm, I'm proud. I'm happy. I'm happy about that. Um, and it thing. seems fine, right? Taking yeah. your time. It does. There's nothing. I mean, that's a whole other topic of conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, it's DC, so we have a lot of parks. We have a lot of like stuff to see. Um, so there are definitely people out, but people are wearing masks. Um, I wouldn't say everyone's social distancing as much anymore because you know mm. you're going out with your family and your friends yeah. and you trust them. So I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'll go out with one of my sisters who I haven't seen in like two weeks. I'm like, hey, you know, all the best. But, um, but yeah, I want to say for the most part here, it's slowly opening up, but not too quick. Were you safe during uh, January 6th? I was. Yeah. I was. Um, yeah, I, I was perfectly fine. Um, I don't live. I don't live near the capital. Okay. Um, but my, one of my sisters, she's a detective here, um, and not in DC. She actually is a detective in Anne Arundel County, Maryland. She decided not to do, um, city, 
police. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't blame her. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I don't blame her. Yeah, with everything happening, they actually ended up calling from um, like the area. So yeah, I saw that reinforcements and stuff. She was gonna have to work because she got called in to work it, but then luckily they moved her to a different unit, so she didn't have to come. But I told her, I was like, "Listen, if you gotta go, I'm going down there too." (laughs) (laughs) Like Like, I got you. I got you. I don't care. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I have one question that just came to mind right now. So you're a singer as well. You're a performer. I didn't know that. Yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> she's legit. Oh, she Tara got pipes. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. No, <laughs> oh, stand. No, I but I was, I was asking because years ago, um, I, I had a friend who's also a singer, and she refused to weightlift, saying that it was gonna hurt her vocal cords. Interesting. Because because of the strain apparently that she might do when she's lifting weights. What do you what do you have to say to that? Do you have any experience? Have you ever read anything about that, or have you experienced any change with your weightlifting career? Um, nothing, in my experience, nothing changed for the better or for the worse from weightlifting. Um, I would definitely say that when I am more like consistent with weightlifting and like my eating is on, is on, you know, where it should be, my voice sounds better because like dairy and cheese is not the best for singers. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but weightlifting never negatively or positively at least to my knowledge impacted my vocal cords okay why does dairy and cheese have something to do with it i haven't heard that one either yeah me yeah. so for me um and again you know everybody's body is different for me ever since i was like a kid competing in different talent shows and stuff like that i would always take i forgot what those pills were that my mom would give me but they would kind of like dry out the phlegm in my voice was it so lactate or something like that no it wasn't lactate it was some it was something like benadryl but it wasn't benadryl it, it, was, it would like dry up the phlegm in your throat what what is what was that mucinex mm-hmm. mucinex is another one that does that sometimes does mucinex have does mucinex have pills because it was yeah a- yeah they have pills and it's like half blue half white or half green half white sometimes yeah something like that i would yeah. take it i want to say maybe an hour or two before my competition or before I was to perform and it would help to dry out whatever phlegm. Muco stop. Yeah, I also, I mean, I also am someone who suffers from seasonal allergies. So oh, I'm okay. in the morning with congestion and phlegm in my throat. And mm-hmm. so um, that definitely, the dairy didn't help with that. Yeah, it won't help with phlegm usually, right? Yeah, exactly. It would only add to it. So whenever I had a competition or um, a performance or a show, I want to say maybe two or three weeks out, I would always stop, like cut the dairy. So no more yogurt, no more cheese. Oh, wow. Up the tea. I was never a coffee drinker. So that was never um, a thing for me, like adding sugar and milk and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, dairy, I had to cut it out if I had a performance or a competition. That's a whole That's a whole prep, you know, just, mm. you know, like, like it's a sport, right? I mean, right yeah. before you got to prep yourself, like let's say you're having a weightlifting meet or a bodybuilding competition, what is it like a week prior you start water loading angel or something like that? Or, or is it, or is it different? Uh, and then you so, stop drinking water for like a day or two prior. Oh, you're talking about like bodybuilding. Yeah. Like yeah. right before the prep to get to like, get all the water out. Yeah. So they have to like dehydrate themselves and then they have to like load themselves up to make them Damn. be bigger. It works. Yeah, no, it's a whole sport. <laughs> no, but that's that's crazy. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. If ever I hear anyone say that weightlifting is going to damage your vocal cords no <laughs> i knew i knew it was a little i mean unless you're like screaming while you're lifting the weight we have a couple of those those members oh you guys God. ever see like that gym giving birth right before the gym <laughs> there's a video that came out years ago called gym wildlife and it's every member in the club have you seen it Shatera? yes and there's there's like there's that it's like Every club, there's always that one member that no one knows why or who he's screaming for, but he's like screaming. And he's usually a guy with chalk, the bell, and it's the stereotypes of everyone in the gym are so funny. And that's why I'm thinking like when someone screams, like, no one knows who he's screaming or why they're screaming for, but there's always one in the gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, but Shatera was a legit, is a legit singer uh, because didn't you do, um, not America's Got Talent, but you tried out for one of those big shows. Yeah, um, I did the voice twice. Um, the first time. No way. Why am I not knowing this story? Were you on TV? 
No, so my the second time that I auditioned for The Voice, I was the step before you get on TV. Oh that's wow, okay. Uh, so cool. Okay, and that was the last time I was like, I'm done. I so I did. Uh, I never did America's Got Talent, and I never did American Idol. I had a couple mm-hmm. of friends who did American Idol, and their experience unfortunately swayed me from wanting mm, to do it. I've heard never, stories. Yeah, I never got the opportunity to do America's Got Talent or. Yeah, it just never came to my city or a city that I was in when I was doing when I was available to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But the voice, I mainly went to the voice because my favorite singer is Christina Aguilera, so I wanted her to choose me. <laughs> <laughs> would you have done one of her songs right in front of her? No, no, no. I, I, I would have been too nervous. That's the other lot of seen, You know, there are times where I fall down the YouTube rabbit hole and I'm like watching all these audition tapes and it says best, you know, auditions of songs by the judges or something like that. And they're all like singing. The judges are like, wait, that's my song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. ever meet like some of those people that you see on TV or do they have like different judges? I'm sure they're not those four or those three judges there all day just listening to people. It's probably like yeah. first wave, second wave. It's a lot. So the actual like celebrity judges, you don't meet them or see them in person until you make it to that um, part of the competition where you get to audition in front of them live on TV. Um, Everyone else is more like just the producers. Um, They know exactly what they're looking for. And um, like, I can't, I can't remember everybody that was there, but it was mainly the producers. I want to say like the behind the scene people who are probably listed at the very end of the credits when it's rolling through. Um, and people like that so it's not like normally in the rooms you have maybe one or two people who are auditioning you and you're auditioning in front of everybody and mm-hmm. then as you move along it gets like it's less and less people to the point where you're by yourself with the band um oh, yes, wow. yeah so that's all oh, that's also another level to it like oh i don't know these people in this band <laughs> i hope yeah. they do my song right not in the wrong you know like wrong key and shit exactly exactly because then you gotta adjust but damn yeah. <laughs> I was um one that's awesome. I didn't know that. I don't know how I didn't know that. That's cool to learn that about you. Um when I mentioned that you so you said you came back to the DMV area in like just the end of 2019. What do you miss most about being or training in New York City? Whew. I miss um honestly You can't say David either. You can't say David. No. <laughs> David. Okay, okay. Sorry, David. <laughs> um, you know what it's fine <laughs> okay no honestly i missed like the ease of getting around i love mm. driving i love driving but i didn't realize how much i love just like getting on a train and walking everywhere until i moved back home mm. um i miss the diversity of people dc is diverse but it's not as diverse as new york mm. <laughs> um i can find any and everything in new york you just gotta look for it um that's not necessarily the case here. I wouldn't say you can't find anything, but it's definitely it's definitely harder here than it is in New York. What can't um, you find? It's not easy to find like Ethiopian food, or at least I'm maybe I'm just not looking in the right. The yeah. right Ethiopian food is the one where you eat just with your hands, though, right? Am I am I right in saying that? There was one restaurant, and the my friend took me to. It. He's like, "No, you only have your hands here," and I was like, "Okay." Um, I don't know if that's Ethiopian. That sounds he told me it was ethiopian i could be wrong he told me he's like i've been banging on about this ethiopian place forever and it was uh when i move your hands you have like this almost uh pancake texture-ish looking thing and you roll the food up in that am i right am i on the right lines there that's one of the meals i've had had meals like i forgot the name of it um lord forgive me i forgot the name of what you're talking about but i know what you're talking about but i've also had where i've used like utensils to eat or maybe it was just me like in sushi sometimes i can't grab sushi with the sticks or sticks or me, i can't grab noodles with the sticks i can grab sushi but i can't grab noodles so i'm always like can i get a fork i'm so sorry but <laughs> um, so ethiopian food sorry i didn't want to i'm sorry yeah so ethiopian food at least in my experience again it's not easy to find here um and then just like the um, the people like always being that's it's a blessing and a curse i think like mm. being around people all the time i miss it at times and there's times where i'm like i'm just so glad i'm not like you know around stuck in the middle of it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so and honestly i miss i mean i left equinox obviously but i miss everybody there i mm. miss like y'all i miss like kelly and brian and ag and javi who y'all know is the love of my life no <laughs> um, <laughs> baby he's gone too isn't he he's moved to dallas now yeah yeah, yeah. 
Texas. He recently moved to Texas. So yeah, it's 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 a lot of things I miss about New York. Um, and there's some things I don't miss. So yeah. it's a it's a you know blessing and a curse to be here. <laughs> I think it's interesting you say that though, with the practicality of getting around, because as soon as I leave the city. I think, oh shit, do I have to rent a car? Like I do. <laughs> it's a car. It's that or I Uber everywhere. And you're thinking, I maybe should have just rented a car. And it's it's funny. I always forget about that in New York City because I think about leaving at some point, but I think, yeah, right now all we have to do is pay a monthly or yearly city bike fee. And that's yep. all I have to pay for travel. <laughs> yeah. So yep. I um I think about that. Let's yep. um so if you talk when we these guys spoke about like your growth, not only at Equinox, but prior um where do you see yourself professionally five to ten years from now five to ten years from now that's a big jump Mm. um so i work really well in like smaller increments so like two to three year bait like i'll give you three years let's give me three (laughs) (laughs) oh no no um honestly in about five three to five years so right now, um, I am, my business is mainly one-on-one coaching and also um, the different uh, membership op- options that I'm coming up with right now that I'm creating. Hopefully in three to five years, I am working with, still working within my membership program, but I'm also, I also want to um, bring on more speaking engagements. I really want to mm-hmm. speak with younger women of color. I really want to speak with younger women. I want to catch them at that early impressionable age when it comes to their bodies and their mind, um, when thinking about their bodies and the things that they're going to be told about what they should look like and what they should do to look this way. Um, I want to be doing speaking engagements. Of course, I want to be doing sponsorships and stuff because, I mean, why not? It's fun. Hashtag spons. Hashtag spons. You know? Swipe up for your promo code. Shatera 20% off. Shatera well. 20, Shatera 20 for 20% off. Exactly. No. <laughs> but no, I mean, I just again, I really want to be one of so many faces that look like me in the fitness industry. When a when a young girl types in, I don't know, female fitness trainers. I want to be one of many that they see. Mm. So. one of those inspirational people that you yeah. I and keeping it diverse, right? Because we Maybe I'm being uh, narrow minded when I say this, but I feel I see a lot of the same things in terms of whether it's the male or female fitness trends. And that's why when you find that one person that's more about the function than anything, mm-hmm. to, to not saying just promote those, but those are things that more of us can learn from as well, right? Yeah. If someone's selling the mirror doing a set of bicep curls, that's great. That's maybe an aesthetic standpoint. But okay, how does someone like I, I love what you did recently was in the airport? right? It was lunges, squats, and dips. I want to say when you were there, mm-hmm. am I right in saying that? Yep. Right. Yep. That's people can learn a lot more from that. Right. And that's what I think I appreciate about like what you're talking about and what you're trying to achieve as well. And what you're already achieving. Sorry. That's something that more of us, both male and female can learn from. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that you, I, I really like that you've touched on. So yeah. See Shatera soon on a Ted talk. Maybe we'll that'll see. Be fire. That'll well, be fire. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, thing she'll too. be singing on a show before I know. I'd be like, Jules, Tara? <laughs> sorry, Angel. I'm sorry. No, I was saying how, you know, this makes it a little bit easier too, having everything be, or at least for right now, having a lot of things be virtual. So then you can kind of like get the feelers out there and then kind of do your own self promotion, but also put yourself in different uh, areas and like wear different hats, do some educational talks or like, you know, working with uh, working populations, then maybe kids or maybe older populations. And then you can find some spot that's just like, Hey, I really like your style. I like what you're doing. Um, let's get you in front of our huge group or our huge audience. Yeah. So hopefully this can help as well, like nudge in the right <laughs> direction. But I think that, um, it's very cool to see the growth that you've had in the past couple of years that I've known you. Um, and that you're also a very talented person as well. So you, you wear many hats already. So it's cool to see you in uh, this entrepreneurial stance. This is very, it's very, it's cool. It's cool to check out. Thanks, Angel. I appreciate that. <laughs> With that said, uh, we'll wrap up the podcast. But what we want to know is where can people find out more about you? What's your website? What's your Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is Shatera Shatera. That's S-H-A-T-E-R-A twice. Um, most people remember it because it's Shakira, Shakira. So that's exactly why I just thought. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly why I took it. So I was like, you know what? This is memorable. So why oh, not? Um, so again, Instagram is Shatera Shatera. Um, I'm also on YouTube at Shatera Shatera. The YouTube is still building, but you know, it's coming. Um, <laughs> exactly. And then my website is www.shatera.com. So <laughs> perfect. Shatera across the board. <laughs> That's consistent. That's what helps. Yeah. 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 Easier to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Shatera, Shatera. I just got that in my head now. <laughs> God. I it all day now. <laughs> and then you start singing. Oh, oh, oh stop it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Um, we look forward to catching up again and then having you on that Definitely. podcast again. Thank you, Shatera. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Good Thanks, Shatera. Yeah. Take care. Bye. 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 Cool. That was awesome. That was fun. Cool. How did I not know she was a singer? Wow. <laughs> that just shows know? how much you care. John. No, just, but don't even care about asking no, about people's no, life. No, no. Don't even go down that road, David. You trying to you trying to <laughs> stare at me in here and Listen, say man. something. Yeah, and then he's cut gonna, it out. And he's gonna, right. Then we're gonna no. have to edit it and Jacques is gonna start rambling. Talking about no, I care about people. And then <laughs> Um, so it seems. <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was great to catch up with Shatera and um, it is really cool to see. I think that, you know, having spoken with her and kind of helped her along the way and seeing where she is right now, it's just unbelievable to see. It's cool. No, it's 100%. rewarding. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's wrap this thing up. You guys have any closing thoughts? um we're talking uh, about doing a shoot i'm excited for our guys our listeners our viewers to see some of the content we have coming out mm-hmm. i'm excited for that you know if you guys have any suggestions just shoot us a dm definitely Thanks also you. uh get your vaccine new york is open for all new york city run facilities are walk-in appointments now for any additional information head to the cdc official no. website yes yeah, <laughs> yeah, no excuse David is not getting your vaccine. I am not a healthcare worker. I am merely just a David Fauci. No, I'm not my man. David Keith Fauci. I'm not my, I'm not, I'm not the Fauci. But all I'm saying is getting your vaccine could help save a life. Maybe yours potentially, but please look into the CDC for more guidance on that before David crashes this boat. Into the nearest ice. How this boat is never gonna crash. You know why? Because I got my vaccine. Because it was never floating to begin with. There you go. <laughs> it's the intrepid. It's just as simple as it's just as simple as getting your vaccine. Oh yeah. god, too good. All right, guys. Tune in next week. We'll catch you then. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs>